0: Chapter 5 of Judge Burnham's Daughters. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Judge Burnham's Daughters by Pansy. Chapter 5 Forewarned and Forearmed. When Judge Burnham let himself into his own hall that afternoon, it was not his wife who was waiting to meet him, but his daughter Minta, attired faultlessly, with a studied regard to his expressed tastes. Even her hair done in just the way he liked best but with traces of tears on her beautiful face, and a sort of childlike quiver on her pretty chin, which was inexpressibly bewitching to him. She reached out both arms, put them around his neck, and held up lovely pouting lips for a kiss, then suddenly drew back and burst into tears. "'What in the world does all this mean?' Judge Burnham asked, dropping into one of the large easy-chairs that abounded in the wide hall, and drawing his daughter to his side, "'where she nestled her head in his beard "'and cried gently and becomingly, "'I didn't know such bright eyes as yours "'ever had time for showers. "'Who has been bruising my gay little blossom?' "'And he drew her face away from its hiding-place "'and kissed her tenderly. "'I beg your pardon, Papa. "'I did not mean to cry. "'I know you don't like tears, "'but I have been so hurt today "'that I could not help it. "'What is it, little sensitive plant?' How did you manage to have such troublesome feelings, to be hurt if the east wind blows on them? And for a moment the father went back curiously to the years that seemed almost centuries away, so great had been the changes they had wrought, the years when these girls of his had been overgrown, ill-shapen country frights, and he reflected complacently that their appearance then was evidently only an embryo condition, and that the real Burnham blood told at last.' "'In childhood they were like their mother,' he told himself complacently, "'but as they develop they prove themselves to be true Burnham's. "'Papa,' the rosy lips close to his and the voice quivering a little, "'I don't like to be talked about.' "'To be talked about? Of course not. "'But I am afraid it is something that you will have to endure, my little lady. "'Such a pretty face as yours must of necessity attract attention.' ah but papa i don't mean that he laughed at the sudden sparkle in her eyes but he did not understand how much a part of her life it had become to be admired and flattered nor understanding it was he well enough versed in the human heart to realize what an element of danger it was i mean papa being gossiped about ill-naturedly and blamed for little merry things which have no harm in them You can't think how dreadful it is to a girl to feel that she has been talked over in that way by people who dislike her. Judge Burnham's face gloomed instantly. Of what are you speaking, my daughter? What persons choose to demean themselves by gossiping about you? I should suppose your father's name was sufficient to protect you. In society, of course, Papa. I am not afraid of what can be said, because there is nothing to say." "'but don't you know how two women can get together and pick a girl to pieces if they choose? "'That Mrs. Dennis has been here all the morning, closeted with Mama, "'and I can just imagine how she opened her great big eyes and wrinkled her forehead "'and shook her head and looked owlish and hateful. "'She was an old maid, Papa, before Dr. Dennis married her, "'and she hasn't any sympathy with girls and never had.' The Armitages say that she made the life of Dr. Dennis's daughter perfectly miserable, and they were really thankful when she married. And now she must come poking herself into my affairs. Do you think I need stand anything of that kind, Papa?' "'Of course not. Mrs. Dennis has nothing whatever to do with our affairs, and her sense of propriety should teach her better than to interfere, even if there were anything for her to try to manage.' Nothing could be haughtier than Judge Burnham's tones. His daughter had touched him at a sensitive point. He had always, in a silent way, resented Mrs. Dennis's influence over his wife, and had felt more than once that he owed some of the discomforts of his life to the unreasonable degree of deference which Ruth had for the opinions of both Dr. and Mrs. Dennis. He was in no mood to bear patiently with any word from them, nevertheless he tried to speak reasonably to his pretty daughter but my dear little girl why should you suppose that the ladies spent their time in discussing you certainly there could be no object in their doing so isn't that a little bit of imagining on your part oh no indeed i have only too good reason to believe that i was the subject of their talk mrs dennis was no sooner out of the house then mamma sent for me, and read me such a lecture as I never received before, and it was so unlike her, that I knew the source from which it came, even before she mentioned her caller's name. Judge Burnham drew himself to an upright posture, and the frown on his face would have frightened Erskine. I do not understand, Minta. Your mamma lectured you. What was the subject? And she told you that she had been advised to such a course of action by her friend Mrs. Dennis?' That is hardly possible. Mrs. Burnham is a lady. Not exactly that, Papa, but Mrs. Dennis had been telling her some tiresome story about Mr. Hamlin. I am sure I don't know what, and Mama said something about it being very improper in you to allow me to ride with him, and said I should not, and he was waiting for me at that moment to ride. I told her that as you had never objected to my going out with him, of course I had no excuse to offer this morning, so I went as usual, but all the afternoon she has been cold and disagreeable. I know she will tell you a long story about me, and I cannot bear to have you think naughty things of me, Papa, and, oh dear, I am so miserable, if Mama didn't dislike Seraph and me so much. It was put into words at last, this tacit disagreement between the mistress and the daughters, which had been growing up so long and which judge burnham had dimly felt rather than realized he was man enough to wince under it he did not like to hear his wife referred to in that manner you should not speak in that way of your mamma minta she is my wife remember and it is foolish to say that she dislikes you and seraph there could be no possible reason for such a feeling The beauty sat erect now, and looked full into her father's face with those witching eyes. She must make the most of this opportunity, for on her skillful handling of the subject might hang much of her future happiness, as she, poor silly girl, viewed happiness. "'Papa, you don't know. You are very wise and learned, and Seraph and I are just as proud of you as we can be. But there are some things you don't understand so well as we two girls.' "'Don't you know Mama is jealous of us? "'She wants you all to herself. "'She can't bear to share you with two young ladies. "'It was well enough when we were children, "'and she could send us away when she didn't want us in the room. "'But in these late years it is different. "'And she, she doesn't mean to dislike us, perhaps, "'but she almost can't help it, "'especially when she is influenced in that way by her friend Mrs. Dennis.' and don't you see what a temptation it is to find fault with us about every little thing our taste and our company and everything why she even sets erskine against us he told us yesterday that he could not stay up in our room because mamma would not like it she had stated the truth this truthful young lady but she had omitted to add what erskine had that mamma would not like it because the clock was striking the hour when he took his daily lesson in her room judge erskine sat appalled before these revelations was his daughter right was this the explanation of his wife's coldness and dignity and persistent thwarting of his plans and tastes was she even trying to turn the heart of his little son away from him minta watching his face eager over his possible thoughts suddenly put her lovely golden head on his shoulder in a caressing way and let her white and shapely fingers toy with his beard that was now plentifully streaked with gray and said in a sweet and plaintive tone isn't it hard papa when you are our very own father and we have only you had they had even him before this mother whose place the young lady was now trying to undermine came into his home was it possible that neither of them thought of the years of absolute neglect which that father had given them until the new wife roused him, rather forced him, to his duty. I really do not think that Judge Burnham thought of it. Men are very queer, some men. He had let that unpleasant memory drop out of his life as much as possible. These were his daughters now, admired, sought after. Even the famous criminal lawyer congratulated him occasionally on their exceeding beauty and grace. Why should he go back into that awkward past? As for Minta, she remembered it well. She was one of those who do not easily forget. On occasion she could have confronted her father with a story which would have made his face burn with shame. But she had, just now, a point to carry. Something must be done to forestall her stepmother's story, whatever it was, and leave her free to follow what she thought was happiness. It was not all pride, the motive which pressed her forward. There was an underlying influence that came from a meaner nature than hers, and which held possession of her heart. They were interrupted. Erskine danced through the hall, sprang toward his father for the caress which he always claimed, and then delivered his message. Papa, Mama would like to see you in her room before dinner, if you please, and if you have time. It was a most inopportune moment for Ruth's summons the meaning look half appeal half terror which minta gave him did not escape the judge's notice he looked stern enough to have charged a jury in a case of high crime but his manner was kindness itself to minta i must go he said rising and putting her from him gently erskine tell your mamma i will be there in a moment and as the child sped away he added and minta my daughter I hope to hear no more of this nonsense born of oversensitive nerves. It is quite natural for you to have them. The Burnhams, unfortunately, are a sensitive race. But your mamma has not the disposition which you imagine. From the very first of my intimate acquaintance with her, she took the deepest interest in you two girls. The daughter sighed and looked steadily at him with those appealing eyes. As for this gossip, whatever it is, he made haste to say of course we desire and will tolerate no interference from mrs dennis or from any outsider you may rest assured that no other commands than mine need trouble your conscience very much so saying he ran upstairs to the blue room ruth was waiting for him with a feverish nervousness which was of itself calculated to make her words ill-chosen she felt the importance of speaking at once for from her standpoint this was serious business and yet she shrank from it with a degree of timidity which humiliated her judge burnham came toward her with his accustomed greeting and spoke carelessly erskine said you wanted to see me here what can i do for your comfort nothing for me thank you i wanted to speak to you about minta i have heard that today, which i am afraid will give you great anxiety judge burnham do you know this young hamlin with whom she rides and walks "'Oh, yes, I know him as the grandson of one of the most famous lawyers we ever had in the State. "'Why do you ask? Has he been so unfortunate as to come under the ban of your displeasure?' "'He spoke in a bantering tone, with an evident intention of turning her warning, "'whatever it was, into ridicule. It did not serve to quiet her nerves. "'I was aware that you knew his grandfather,' she said, with heightened color it was about the young man himself that i was inquiring i have not the honour of his acquaintance so my personal feelings are not at stake what i want is simply to inquire whether you are sure he is the sort of person you desire as an associate for your daughter as to that i am not so foolish as to suppose that my daughter is going to gauge all her friendships to suit my individual tastes the young man is well enough i presume then i am afraid you are mistaken Really, Judge Burnham, I wish you would give me your attention a few minutes. I have that to tell you which is certainly not pleasant for me to repeat, but which I think you ought to hear. For by this time the judge had passed on into his dressing room and was giving attention to his toilet. I can hear you, he called, with his face partly submerged in water. Proceed with your testimony. It was not a comfortable way in which to talk, it did not lessen his wife's discomfort. She made her words as few and emphatic as possible. By the time she had finished, he emerged again from his dressing-room. "'Where did you hear this precious tale?' he questioned, employed, meanwhile, in polishing his shapely fingernails. Ruth felt annoyed, because with her reply came a deep flush that mounted even to her forehead. She knew by a sort of instinct that he did not like her informant. Mrs. Dennis came to see me this morning for the express purpose of warning us of danger, she replied. Very kind, certainly. There was that in the tone which was extremely irritating to excited nerves. The utmost his wife could do was to hold herself in silence until he should choose to speak again. Your friend Mrs. Dennis must be kept exceedingly busy if she takes the affairs of all the young people of other parishes on her hands, as well as attending to her own isn't she aware that we are out of the pale of her ministrations judge burnham i did not suppose this subject would impress you as being simply food for ridicule mrs dennis's sole motive was the desire to do as she would be done by i would not question a lady's motives but her sources of information may often be at fault there is a great deal of gossip afloat in this wicked world that true ladies would do well to avoid. I am sorry Mrs. Dennis thought it necessary to pour any of this into my wife's ears. I hardly know how to answer you. Ruth's voice was dropping into a still lower key, and she was struggling hard to maintain her self-control. You receive this warning in such a different spirit from what I supposed you would. Is it possible that you do not understand Dr. and Mrs. Dennis well enough to know "'that they would be sure of their facts "'before they came to me with them? "'Do you forget that Dr. Dennis is a clergyman "'and that his profession gives him opportunities "'of knowing what may be unknown to others?' "'Judge Burnham shrugged his handsome shoulders "'in a very exasperating way. "'I knew,' he said, "'that clergymen were rather given as a class "'to prying into other people's affairs, "'but I was not aware that they managed a moral sewerage "'through which all the scum of the city had to pass. "'Upon my word, I should want to introduce patent traps "'into my house to keep out the odor. "'And now I am sure you will almost forgive Mrs. Burnham "'for being exceedingly angry. "'Up to this moment she had occupied her favorite seat in the room, "'a low rocker by the south window, "'but she now arose and, moving a step or two forward, "'confronted her husband with steady gaze as she spoke.' judge burnham i beg you to remember that you are speaking to your wife about the honored pastor of her dead father and that she will not tolerate such language concerning him even from you end of chapter 5 recording by trisha g